enjoy the show. Beaming at you from the depths of the internet. This is the Temple of Geek Podcast, your one stop for all things geek. Welcome to the Temple of Geek Podcast. For those of you tuning in for the first time, my name is Aaron, and I'll be your host tonight as we discuss. We're going to discuss a lot of things like we always do on every show, but I got a very special guest on here. Uh, you guys didn't know I love podcasts a lot, and I just found a new one that I'm really, really enjoying, and I hope you guys will too. Temple of Geek Podcast, we've been around since 2012. We discuss and celebrate fandoms and all things geek. And for our returning listeners, thank you again for tuning in. With me today is our special guest. Uh, he, you, Some of you may recognize him from Smosh and Smosh Games. He's right now the one of the co-hosts of the Quantum, the Quantum Recast Podcast. Give it up for Tanner Reisner, everybody. How you doing, man? Hey, now hey, what's up? Uh, I'm doing we right. we met like through a friend like very recently. Uh, our past guest on the show, yeah. um, Chelsea, like from from the last episode, actually put me on to you, and like I I was all I, I watched a lot of Smosh games and stuff, and I for whatever reason I don't I don't I don't oh, yeah. read a lot of credits <laughs> for the most part sometimes. You yeah. know, right? No, but, totally. Yes. Especially on YouTube, right. like I know a lot of people, like that's definitely yeah, the thing. That's the right? thing, like YouTube. It's like it's it's harder to do credits on YouTube because it's not like every video has like a rolling credits at the end of it. Some do, which is totally. It's always like in the yeah. description and not in the video, so you don't drop it right. down and read it unless like, you have yeah, like totally. a totally like you're really invested in this and you want to like click on the description and stuff like, and I have a really, I have a really right. weird way of uh, watching YouTube videos where I mostly listen to a lot of YouTube videos. Like I'll be like at work <laughs> or like writing something or like doing something else. And I'll just have YouTube on pretty much as like background noise in my headphones. So I don't typically like, I, it's a lot of faces to names that I have to do and I have to work on that. <laughs> but Yeah. Totally. No, dude, like, I, I feel the same way. I, even up until I started working with mm-hmm. Smosh, like, I think the only thing I ever used YouTube for, I didn't even realize, like, what it was right. at the time. But, like, the only thing I used it for ever since high school was music videos. That's yeah, all yeah, I knew yeah. to look for on YouTube. That's, like, all I ever did on it was music. Um, and then when I started working with them, it was like, oh. Right. Yes. Okay. This is a totally different thing than what I was using it right. for. Right. It's, it's so, so much more than just like music videos. Because the same same thing with me when I first got on you when I first started using YouTube, it was mostly to just find obscure music videos that I remembered as a kid, and then and I had yeah. to change up what I watched because I was I'm a fa- I'm a huge fan of Prince, and Prince has a lot of music videos. However, once yeah. upon a time, yeah, Prince yeah. music videos were not on YouTube. You couldn't find them at all. <laughs> yeah, really? because he was very like protective over his like intellectual property being put on like other things mm. and stuff. Like, you really didn't see too many Prince videos right. online until like really after he died. Like so. Oh, yeah. interesting. I didn't yeah, know. Yeah, so that. like after that, once I found like right now I'm like I watch a lot of uh philosophy videos, a lot of history stuff, um video mm-hmm. games, wrestling stuff. So I'm I'm pretty well rounded. I'm all, all in. in. I'm all in. Yeah, you're I'm deep, deep in, in it now. now. <laughs> I'll watch fifteen minute reviews on like three minute movie trailers and shit. So 
you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we're not here to talk about how we That's watch great. YouTube and stuff. We're here to talk to you. So uh when when so when we were setting this up, like first of all, you're you're a devilish devilishly handsome man. If y'all can see like <laughs> like this, this is a handsome cat, but like um <laughs> But a couple couple things that like stood out. So, uh, and we're, we're going to talk about quantum recast. I'm sorry, quantum recast is the name of the podcast. I, I think I got that wrong earlier. Um, you you posted up something. Now you and I have something in common. Uh, both of us, uh, our first like stage performances was uh, a Shakespeare play. Uh, mine was Midsummer. Yes, no mine way. was Midsummer Night's Dream. I was um, I was Lysander in Midsummer Night's Dream. You nice. you. And this is one of the most this is one of the most <laughs> obscure Shakespeare plays ever, and a lot of people think that this was his first play. Uh, uh, Titus Andronicus yeah. at age nine. Tell me about that. I need to know, dude. It was like <laughs> I don't even know. It was so crazy because like that was like my first like you know dive into uh-huh. Shakespeare. That was and a deep dive. To see that was- <laughs> it's a deep dive a bloody dark like crazy psychotic dive um and it was like i remember because we had the way that i got into that was we had a shakespearean Mm -hmm. festival every summer um through my college in my hometown of durant oklahoma and essentially it was just like when you know parents actually still had to work during the summer it was a daycare so they would just like drop kids off at the like you'd start there at four years old and you do like disney performances um they'd like take disney movies and turn them into kids script and give every kid a line and like do just a fun little thing um and then like the directors from those shows also ran the shakespearean shows and like the more um modern shows and they reached out to me and were like hey we need a kid for titus andronicus to be like you know the um son and the grandson um like young lucius is who i i was young Uh, lucius so i was like you know the son of lucius and uh so they're like yeah we just you know you really enjoy this you have a lot of fun like do you want to do this i was like sure i don't know what that means (laughs) but like let's do it uh and they're like great go watch this movie with anthony hopkins and like you'll get a feel for it Can we and take like, a pause? Can we take a pause? It real is, quick? Because yeah. that was that was the first time I, I was I introduced to Titus Andronicus the movie. Uh, my grandma had all of Shakespeare's plays and a book in the house that we all lived in. But so when I watched the An- Anthony Hopkins movie, first of all, it's one of the weirdest movies, and it's everybody in this play. Everybody dies. Like so many people die in this. Yeah. Play. But yeah, go. so it's, so wait, you're nine years old. It is a butcher. So wait, story. you're nine years old, yeah. and they gave you Titus Andronicus. <laughs> yeah, they were like, "Yeah, go watch this film, and like, you'll get an idea of like what it is." And uh, you know, my parents were like, "Uh, sure, okay, yeah, I guess." And so I like watched it, and they were like, "Oh, this is yeah, <laughs> like this is dark." That woman's hands have been cut off and her tongue is cut out and she's trying to like name her rapist right. in the dirt like with this stick and like it is so dramatic and then you know obviously the big I mean I don't know if spoiler alerts for Shakespeare know, right? or anything but like obviously it's been 400 years <laughs> but obviously, it's been 400 like, years if you don't know sorry right like <laughs> 
like come on but like so obviously you know this guy like cooks this woman's sons into yeah, a pie and, and feeds, feeds it to everybody to yeah yeah and so like a nine-year-old watching this like i don't even like i don't even think i fathomed what was happening right i was just like oh this is a lot this is dramatic right. and like these people are like really going for it and like it was crazy it was one of the coolest experiences um that i ever had and it like solidified that moment of like oh i want to this is what i want to do like this is art and this is like entertainment and like i'm having a lot of fun doing this weird kooky crazy like insane thing and it was just what started. That's awesome because, really. like, because Titus Andronicus, this like when people think Shakespeare, they don't think Titus Andronicus at all. You get your Romeos and Juliets, your no. Hamlets, your Macbeths, and all that. Right. And that that for that to get you into it, especially like, are you are you a fan of Shakespeare? I assume so. Yeah, yeah, that was definitely when I was like when I went to college mm-hmm. for theater. That was like the class that I showed up to <laughs> right you know that was like my Shakespeare right. class was the one that like I never missed and like yeah I love love Shakespeare and I did Hamlet in okay. college and like we did I missed midsummer like midsummer but like we did every year we did like two Shakespeare nice. shows and then we did the summer program where we did another Shakespeare nice. show and like all over the place yeah I got into I got into Shakespeare um in high school and my uh, English teacher at the time, Miss Rogowski, uh, we would go to field trips. Uh, I'm from Chicago, Illinois, and Chicago at the, they had a Shakespeare theater at Navy Pier, and they would like put on like different mm. productions and stuff every season and stuff. We went to go see um, King Lear and The Tempest live, mm-hmm. like, and it was built like the old school Shakespeare theaters, of course, modernized and stuff. Oh but yeah, if you spoke the actors on on stage could hear you and would interact with you and stuff. So you got like the real Shakespeare <laughs> right. experience and stuff. And luckily at the time, like cell phones weren't really a thing because like I can just imagine somebody's phone going off during a play and like King Lear curses at you from the stage. Oh my God. But, but right. yeah, shit. Oh, it'd be, I think that'd be incredible. That, it, 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 it was fun. And that, and, and this theater still exists too. So as soon as like everything yeah. in the world is going on, I, it, it's, if you're in Chicago, if you're any, if you're anywhere where there's like a Shakespeare performance going on and they kind of like go down with the, yeah. the actual performance and stuff, check it out because it's, it's really cool. Yeah. So. Yeah. I was actually supposed to be in, that's good to know. Cause my girlfriend is from okay. Chicago and we were supposed to be there, you know, this holiday season, mm-hmm. but obviously that's, yeah, that, yeah. Like, we're not doing that. But like, so she wants to now change it to summer. So when we go over there in the summer, um, if you know, oh, yeah, yeah. If, <laughs> we're if, allowed to yeah. do that by the summer, uh, that's good to have on my list of like stuff to go. Yeah, to. It, it was, it was really cool. So like, that was one of the things. And I just really just appreciate it. Like you can get a lot of history out of Shakespeare and stuff too. Like, especially with like, the, the oh, Henry yeah. is and um, a lot of mythology and stuff through it as well. It's just a lot of things for everybody. Like the language, you can get past all that once you right. like kind of understand what's going on. But, you know. Right. Once you start like discovering what like what it is and right. like, trying to like, you know, working around the language, like there's there's a show exactly. for everyone. And like someone can deep dive, even if it's like the one show is like all mm-hmm. they like. You know what I mean? Like 
they it's there for and everybody. It's, and some of them are super relatable. Like if you got a dysfunctional family, check out King Lear. <laughs> like for real. Yeah. Oh yeah. Family and stuff like that. But moving along, like so, you're from Oklahoma. To walk walk us through mm-hmm. going from Oklahoma to uh, Los Angeles. Oof. Um, so <laughs> essentially, like, <laughs> uh, like uh, I'll make the story pretty short, okay. um, just because like I can deep dive into it, but like. Uh, essentially I was raised doing like uh ranch hand work and like farm work um and then doing this you know summer shakespearean stuff and then like we also um raised like um horses for rodeos and stuff so like that's the background of like the setting okay. and then you know I got into theater and started doing theater every year and like then in the hometown I went to college there kept doing that and then I thought forever up basically up until 2014 when i moved to los angeles um i thought i was gonna go to new york and Mm. do theater and like broadway and do all of that um and then it was probably my junior year in college um a buddy of mine who's actually uh, another host on quantum recast uh nick nick grohl uh he was directing (laughs) this uh we didn't have like a film studies program at our college uh, but he was doing, uh, I guess, I guess a broadcast something or another class. And he wrote this like zombie Western script that he wanted to, uh, that he wanted to shoot. And so the, for the first time ever, like I had seen him put on, you know, a casting uh, session for this movie. And I was like, oh, that's fun. Like, you know, I didn't really grow up with a lot of movies. Like my parents weren't film people like they watched you know we watched like x-files and like stargate and like you know sliders and all the (laughs) sci-fi shows but like uh but like we weren't you know film people um and so i went to that and auditioned for that um and got the role of like the villain in this zombie western and then since day one on set we were there for like 12 or 13 hours and like you could you couldn't catch me without a smile on my face. Oh, I was nice. like, this is theater is great. And like I still have such a big like heart for theater. And like I do want to go get back into that at some point when like I can manage more theater livably. Um, but like since then I was like, oh, oh, I'm changing that now. Like my oh, my life path has now changed because this is very interesting to me and I want to focus on this now. And then, like, 2014, uh, I finished all my classes and then basically said, like, cool, um, in a month, I'm going to move out to Los Angeles. I didn't know anyone. I didn't come out here for, like, a, you know, look around. Mm -hmm. I didn't know anything. I was just, like, moving out here, was going to live in my car until I found a place. Um, And then about a week before I left, someone reached out to me and was like, hey, my buddies live in Los Angeles and are randomly needing a roommate. And then I was like, Oh, okay, sure. And then the next week I had moved to Los Angeles. Uh, me and my brother drove out here, set up shop. And then, uh, you know, that's the journey, nice. I guess. So yeah, basically just like kind of, kind of sounds like my story too. So if I didn't work on a farm, I, I really want to, uh, <laughs> but like, yeah, it's, yeah. It's one of my dreams is to own a farm. 
Like I, I just wanted to, yeah, I really? like I grew up in a huge city. I live in a huge city now and stuff. At one point in my life, I just want to just be somewhere where it's like more quiet and stuff and I can just live off the land and yeah. stuff. That that's just it sounds it sounds cliche and kind of hokey and stuff, but that's really a lot that I think about sometimes, you know. Uh Yeah, I get it. The like the quiet and the like slowed down yeah. nature of it is still something that like is still so beautiful and very enticing right. to me, even coming from that. Like, for sure. It's like nothing against living in LA. I, I, I love living in LA and I love the business that I'm in too. But like at, at some point, I'm going to want to just, you know, slow down and just, you know, be totally. So, yeah. So, um, right. Now back back to Shakespeare. What what is your favorite Shakespearean play? Let, let's talk about this real quick. So it's interesting because, like, it's, again, it's like one of those moments where, like, you know, Titus Andronicus oh, yeah, is such absolutely. a big place, like, in my life. I I love Hamlet, but I think I like Hamlet. It's one of my favorites, and I know it's like mm-hmm. cliche to yeah. say Hamlet. But we did this play when I was, uh, we did a touring production of Hamlet when I was in college. And we spun it on its head a little bit. And that's what solidified it as my favorite piece was because what we did, um, it was, uh, we called it Hamlet time is out of joint. And it was not, not, it was, it was derived from this guy in the seventies who did a show called Hamlet ESP. Okay. And we took some of his work and reworked it uh, and solidified some things. But what we did is we did a condensed version of Hamlet that we could tour to like high schools and community colleges and like, especially around like, you know, Southern Oklahoma, Southern Texas, like Arkansas, a lot of places that don't have a lot of like theatrical expression. Um, and so we condensed it and shortened it down. And what we did is we took Hamlet and made it three people. And so it was, it was a collective. So we all, it was three of us. There was the heart, the, um, intellect and the rage. And it was essentially three people, um, moving as one cohesive unit. And we broke all of Hamlet's lines and soliloquies and like, moments we broke all of them up into oh the heart would be saying this oh this is his intellect talking oh this is his anger his rage talking and so anytime like a rage line came up uh the actor who was playing rage would push both of the others back and like he would say his thing and then if the heart needed to speak uh you know she or he would come up and like push the other two back and then speak her lines And it was such an interesting dynamic that like that really solidified Hamlet as my like end all be all of like my favorite productions. Yeah. Awesome. It's very interesting. Like I think it was just a very interesting like visualization of like his inner workings that like I really latched on to. No, I, 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 nothing but respect for that. Now, um, (laughs) <laughs> now so let's switch the gears on the geeky stuff real quick. Now I, I saw yeah. something that I found super interesting because this is, this is something that I've had some interest in. I just didn't know how to go about it. But uh, you 
you help hone your character's skills by playing Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. So, well, now as so, uh, now, now so yeah. you have to speak to me as someone who's never played Dungeons and Dragons because I've never played Dungeons and Dragons. Like, <laughs> never. never. I, uh, you know what? It was one of the things. It's one of the uh, things that I was interested in. However, like how I how yeah. I grew up, I grew up in the hood in Chicago. There weren't too many people playing Dungeons and Dragons, and if there and if there <laughs> were, they were very secretive about it. So I'm I'm pretty sure that there yeah, were yeah, some yeah. people who were, but it was like if you were like a nerd in a certain way, and myself included, you, you, you did didn't not talk not really you didn't really talk about it too. Much. Yeah. <laughs> so like. So talk to me as someone who's never played Dungeons and Dragons. Like, like mm. walk me through. I, I I understand how fun it is. I have a lot of friends who play, but I'm finding out. Yeah. So, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Okay. So walking you through like yeah, like character, like, char- you, like you... character. Let's do character and gameplay. Okay. So essentially, the because I've played since okay. high school. Um, a friend of mine, um, that was my thing when like in high school, you know, kids, you know, would go out and go to house parties and like drink and get hammered. I didn't even know that was going on in high school. I was at every weekend at my friend's house playing D and D 3.5. And like, uh, essentially what I've always expressed to people is like character creation is where you fail the most because it is so tedious. Now it's a lot easier with like online, right. like D and D beyond and stuff like that. It's so much easier. But like when you set a 400 and you know, 38 page book in front of someone it's like, great, dig through here, <laughs> find a, a race, a class and like, uh, you know, that you like, and then we'll build on that. So then like people immediately are like burnt out before they right. even open the book. Um, but so, like, it's really fun to me, the character creation aspect, because, like, you get to create a person in the, themselves, right? Like, I love to create very human, weird characters. Like, one of my favorites um, that I've created recently um, is this <laughs> a changeling called Hank, H-E-N-K, Um <laughs> And because you give them you give them backstories and you give them like uh, personality, like you create your own personality and like feed it into them. And like you find who this character is as you go along, because you start out by um, just deciding like you have a list of races and each race will list out like here are their racial feats where they have like very specific things that only this race has like um Elves, let's say, uh, can do a long rest, which is normally eight Mm -hmm. hours for a character. They don't really sleep. They meditate. And so they do it in four Mm. hours. Um, So it's just like very specific, small things here and there. Um, Or changelings, say for like Hank, um, it's like an artistic expression for changelings is that they can change their body and their form and their like vocal pattern to like express something to someone so like they can just change their physical appearance at any point that they want um and to become someone else or like uh change their eye color or their hair color to like express themselves uh because i I read a lot of comics Mm -hmm. and stuff and this is something that comes up with a lot of different shapeshifters so 
if you can change into someone yeah. else, can you also take on their abilities or no? Okay. No, no, you still have your abilities. Um, just because like you're, you're not looking at someone and taking right. them. It's just, you are changing Got yourself, it. um, for a changeling. Um, but my thing with like the character creation that's so fun is say for Hank, he, um, had this moment. Cause you also give them like, he used to be a spy, an espionage spy. And, he something happened and he like totally fucked up this um this mission and like got a lot of people killed and so after that happened he has this like body dysmorphia of like who he is like he doesn't like himself he's like always down on himself he thinks he looks and like feels like essentially like a little yeah. schlubby gnome right and so like so for anyone who sees him he's never not that because like in his heart, he's still like down on himself and he just feels this type of way about himself. And so coming across, he doesn't change himself because that's his expression gotcha. of himself. Um, and that's like one of the things during character creation that's so fun is you get to make that, right? Like you get to create this really human aspect of a person that's like, their flaws and their realities and like what drives them. And like, it's very, if you, it's obviously as detailed okay. as you want to make it, but like you can make it extremely detailed and deep down and give them a voice to where like, you know, if we're playing a game and Hank comes out, he's talking a lot like this, <laughs> and you know, he's just a uh, like nasally, like bulbous, like guy. Um, and so like, that's always the longest part of D a D and D session is like getting someone through character creation. And then from there, uh, depending on if you re read or use any of the like wizards of the coasts books, which they, you can buy a book um, online or in any geeky store, right. That like has a built out experience and a built out mission and world, or you can create right. one yourself. Um, and then write down all the rules and the story and everything. Um, and I've just been getting into like dungeon mastering recently, um, which has been interesting in itself to create every character that's seen. That's not oh, the wow. players. Um, yeah, because that's the in in the books that the Wizards of the Coast will give you. They do have characters who are like, oh, this is. You know, Irena, she is this, she's like the, you know, the mayor's okay. daughter or whatever, and give you certain aspects of her. But then you play her oh. in your game. Like the dungeon master interacts with the players because um, it's all tabletop, right? right. right? It's yeah. not online. Yeah. You don't you don't really get a visualization. Um, so you're just interacting with them. Like you create a voice and a character and like a, persona for that person and you just have conversations with them and talk with them and like interact like that um and so it's just very good in that for me to like help create realism within characters nice. um if that no, makes it, it, sense it, it, that's it, really long-winded no, 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 no. Like... i i i appreciate <laughs> it and everybody who hasn't played dungeons and dragons who's interested in it really appreciates that because like it's 
it, it's one of those things like I like I said I've wanted to play it like I've always been interested in stuff like that like I'm yeah. huge on like mythology and creating like characters and magic and stuff like that so it was it was one of those yeah. and I'm and I'm very much a nerd and it was it's like it's one of those things where it's like ah oh, you know what uh, I kind of want to get into this but I had no avenues of yeah. like how to get into it or anything like that it's like when I wanted to start stand-up comedy, like I'm from Chicago, you would think that like mm. I could, you know, easily get into yeah. Chicago. I didn't start stand-up until I moved to Arizona. <laughs> I was like 21 because I had really? no idea, like you know, where to go or who to talk to, or, like how yeah, how, to, to how to get, get there. there. It's one of the hardest jobs to actually do because there's no like applications. Like I like to fill out the position of stand-up comic, please. No, <laughs> so <laughs> right. Yeah. So, so, yeah. There's a lot of places like now, especially if like because of mm-hmm. the pandemic and everything going online. There's a lot of stuff now where if you're wanting to get into it, um, uh, there was a website that was on the tip of my tongue, but I just forgot it. But there's a lot of websites now that will do like m- game matching, essentially. Like you can log in and go like, oh, I want to play, you know, a session. And if you want to like trial a session, your first time, you know, you can hop into a session and play a game, like create a character and play a game online with like either most likely strangers who are also doing the same thing, or you can do that with friends. You know what I mean? So like the online online realm of D&D has exploded so much. Yeah, like the community is huge. Like I'm like, wow, yeah, and I and sure. I and I get it. Naturally, it would be because Dungeons and Dragons has been around since at least the '60s, right? Oh, oh so really? long ago. Yeah. They like the what advanced D and D was seventy eight, seventy five, something like right. that. I don't remember. I'm gonna get that wrong, Some, and someone's someone gonna hate will let me. Us but, know. Um, <laughs> yeah, someone right. will comment. We've we've been uh, we've been on YouTube. But yeah, <laughs> someone will let us know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's like it's it's been around for a while, and like the community is huge. And like I, I see, I have like I, like I said, I have several friends who play it, uh, and some some of which yeah. like uh, unfortunately I would never have thought that they would have. But you know, how can you tell what anybody does by just looking at them? You know, but right. <laughs> so apologies for that statement. But yeah, so it so one of these days I'm I'm gonna do, it. and and also I just like twenty sided dice. That that's just kind of cool to me. That's the best part, honestly. That's like my favorite part of D and D is collecting dice, and I have like a whole chest of them that, like, in the community and like in memes and stuff, you always see them called click clacks because, like, you just like you just like shake them around and they make that like bang like clicking noise inside your head inside your hand. (laughs) Yeah, Um, and it is like it is just like one of those like I guess like hobbyist like. drugs right of like oh i just need because you only need seven dice right right you don't need no no the 80 dice that i have right <laughs> like you don't need them but like that's like another thing within the like character creation uh aspect is like a big thing that i know a lot of people that really get into it love to do is have a specific set of dice for each mm. character like um because like i had a a fighter named elecon one time and he was very stoic very like drax the destroyer and um and the dice that i found that i loved for him was just like very plain slate Uh, play 
uh, like not really shiny, but like matte and they fit his personality. And so like, it's just one of those like extended things within the hobby Whoa. that like people find and link on to. Awesome. Yeah. So like how has like creating like Dungeons and Dragons characters, how's that translate into like other aspects of your entertainment career? So I think it translates um, here and there with acting because a lot of times, especially if you're doing like, um, you know, just audition mm-hmm. scripts and sides and whatnot, where you get like right. two pages um, or like seven, eight pages, however long they're giving you. But like a lot of times they're pretty bare bones other than the fact that like casting will give you, I don't know, four sentences on who this person is. Um, and I think it really helps dig into um focusing on like okay if i'm not wanting to look like i'm coming across like acting this thing out like i'm gonna take this person off the page and build like a 3d model uh personality wise of that person right and so like you give them things that like um say you could go down the character sheet of a DD character and go like okay what's their flaw what's um you know what's driving them like what are they afraid of like what are these things and again that's something that you can deep dive into and probably do far too much on for like um you know audition sides or whatever but it really helps i think for me at least looking at a character and like building them from their inside out um yeah and i think that really helps like focus the perspective that you give that role or that character, that person or however as an artist, entertainer, actor that you want to okay. go about that. Now, uh, now I want to talk about um, one of my favorite podcasts now, uh, which, which I yeah. literally just discovered like a couple of days ago. Uh, and I just, I just found an episode that I need to listen to. I wish I would have listened to it before the show. So you're one of the co-hosts of quantum recast. Now, walk us, walk us through the yeah. premise of Quantum Recast because it's freaking fascinating. Okay, so the premise is it's a theoretical film podcast, mm-hmm. right? And so the idea is we take a film, um, one of the most recent episodes that we... Uh, well, that one's not aired yet, so hold on. Most recent. Like, um, let's yeah, the that's Warriors. the one. That's the one. Okay, perfect. That's the one that I need to listen to. The, the Warriors <laughs> is one of my favorite movies of all time. I even cosplay. I, I cosplay it? as Cleon from the Warriors. Oh my yeah. god! It's such it's a good such movie. A good movie based um, based off of real events too. Like it's based off of. Yeah, based off a, a based book. off a yeah. book, but it's also like based the, off of um uh is um one of the old the one of the old Persian war stories um uh oh um yeah 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 um it's like uh, we talk about it in the podcast okay, but I can't I remember I forgot the name of the battle um, the name super of it. Greek and they had to walk all right. the way back from somewhere it's, it's based off of that and then the book itself right. was pretty awesome too. Uh, but yeah, that's the episode that yeah. I wanted to talk about. I haven't listened to that one, and I don't. I I, I really want to like let's 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 talk about that real quick. Yeah. So um, yeah. So uh, to continue the oh, yeah. idea, so like with the Warriors, what we did is it's you know released in 1979. Mm-hmm. What we do is we build a list of the cast. That one 
<laughs> that one we probably did too many cast members because that was my first episode and I was super excited wow. and loved that movie. Um, and so like I did everyone oh. in that episode. Oh, like, wow. I mean, I went down and like, I, did, I went down the list and was hey, like, great, two, baseball furies, here we go. Yeah, that's a two-parter, so yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but we had a lot of fun with it. So, like, the idea is we take it out of 1979, we build a cast list of who the, like, we call them, uh, you know, unders and overs, okay. like, uh, above the line and below the line in entertainment um, industry talk. Um, and so it's essentially, like, main cast and, like, tertiary okay. cast and we build that list and we recast with a year that we've given the new um the new i'm sorry let me back that up because that's a very convoluted way to put that um so we take the warriors out of 1979 mm -hmm. and we drop it in a new year and we recast it with actors within oh, that new year okay um, and I believe that one we said was 1994. I'm looking I at the now, 93. Yeah. So what we do is we say, okay, that movie doesn't exist anymore because we are essentially claiming ourselves to be time travelers. We hop in our time machine. We go back to 1979, take that script. The movie never happens in 1979. And we start we put it in production in 1993. And if we put it in production in 1993, we have to recast it with actors that are working in 1993. So we basically just break down the script and go through each character. And, uh, it's a three-person format. Um, two people come in as casting directors with their list mm -hmm. of cast. One person is the new director. And we do essentially pitches to like, oh, Cleon, this is who, you know, I want as Cleon. Um, oh, Cowboy, this is who I want as Cowboy. And you fight again, like, you know, you fight for your picks. And then each person, uh, the director gets to pick the better cast member. And then you build a new movie within that year. Nice. So, so like, yeah. I'm going to go ahead and go back and listen to the Warriors and stuff. But th there's one character in there who was still very much acting. Actually, he's still acting to this day. Uh, James Remar, he uh, he played mm -hmm. he played Dexter's yeah. dad. He plays um, the guy in the chair in Black Lightning. Um, who who was cast as Ajax? Do you remember? Oh man, Ajax. Um, I remember that I brought Mark Wahlberg to the table. That makes perfect and sense. Said <laughs> that right, makes perfect sense. <laughs> like. Yeah, um, I really liked it because, like, I like when casting a movie to, like, think of a moment right. within the film and then, like, think of an actor doing that. And so if you think of Ajax, the moment that comes to my head is when he has the bat and he's like, I'm going to shove this bat right. up your ass and make you now, a popsicle. Right, right. Now, right. now one, one that I would think, you say you casted everybody, so I'm just going to just gonna say, uh, not Masai. Now, now, Masai, yeah. I see as Wesley Snipes. I was, uh, he was, okay. He was Cyrus's yeah. like second. He, yes, he is definitely. I could guarantee you, he is definitely at least in that conversation. <laughs> um, we we definitely brought him up. Uh, it, but Wesley Snipes because ninety ninety 
93 was three. right after like do the right thing not do the right thing but um what's that jungle fever right after like jungle yes. he like hit um, big after that so so yeah he was definitely in in the running and in the listing for that but that does bring up a fun little thing that we also do within okay. the casting process cuz we call it like i depending on like you know whether it's the 90s or uh, early 2000s we change like the actor's name right. wherever we're going but like the west wesley snipes rule is like can't be in prison oh, like you can't okay. like you can't pick an actor that's like incarcerated or like um um who is it uh, robert downey jr like okay. early 2000s yeah, yeah, yeah. we'll call it the robert right. downey jr rule um and like so we cuz we also within casting have our aspects you can't um use an actor who's dead or incarcerated um any movie that uh, that is produced by that actor within that year disappears Mm. so like if you if you want to cast wesley snipes everything um, that came out that year okay is gone he's not in those movies anymore so so it's like a fight either within yourself or with the director to be like oh i know that like what demolition man yeah yeah um what was like like you know i don't personally like that movie so i'm cool with pulling right. this actor out of it but i do know like that a lot of people love it maybe the director loves it and so it's like you have to combat with okay. yourself and with other people demolition like, man was 93 is too. this okay yeah, yeah. <laughs> um uh but like so that's another one of the things is you really have to like research and go through each actor and be like okay am i do i want him to not make this film so that he can play this like halfway role you know what i mean like like, Like, am i gonna take him out of a leading role yeah okay that's that's super dope that's really interesting like how how that goes because Cause, cause when I when I when I heard the the description of the podcast and stuff, I was like, oh, okay, cool, huh? So you got to That's a lot of homework to do. Yeah. All right. Oh my god, it's so fun to me to like research yeah. that because we like the me, Nick, and Corey. The other um, Corey's the host, and Nick and I are co-hosts. Okay. Um, and we all in college had like. Um, essentially what I guess we would have used as a podcast now, but like it was a YouTube show that never went anywhere called take five. Okay. And it was just a movie. Like we talked about movies and we talked about like theories and all this stuff. And basically just from that, we all like got back together recently and we're like, you know, we still love like always talking about movies and like always saying like, oh man, you know, Nick Cage would be incredible in Scrooge. Like if you took Bill Murray out of Scrooge and put in Nick Cage, like, oh my God, that'd be incredible. You know what I mean? Right. And like, and then we just like, Corey really loved that idea and was like, brought that up into a podcast format and then um, brought that on. And I'm such a huge fan of it um, that I like, because I wasn't originally on the like, Deus, I guess. Right. And then I kept bugging them. I was like, "It's like, look, I'm not stopping until like you put me on this thing because this is like so much fun for me." 
Uh, but you're right. It is a lot of research, but it, that's just so interesting to me to like go through and like, like, yeah. okay, well, like, Robert Downey Jr. did six films this year. Right. Yeah. Cause I could totally see like Jeff Goldblum in a Ghostbusters movie. Like, totally. I don't know which Ghostbusters totally. he could fit in any go, any part. And I just don't know which one right. I could be. He, like, he could, he could be Winston, Egon, Ray, or, Right, like or, or Pete, and like I'm like, huh? Right now, wow, yeah, and and the thing that's really great about about it as well, because the director, even though he's like, you know, basically he's just picking uh, actors. He's like, right. that's the better actor for that. That's the better actor for that. The director also has fun rules where he can go because we'll also depending on the role, just go. Oh, I did think about this person. But here's why I didn't think about or didn't use them. I thought about this person. Here's why I didn't use them. Here's my pick. The director, if he likes one of those choices better, he can do like what he calls a director override and go, you made the wrong choice. That sucks for you. I'm going to use my override and take that choice that you almost made. Okay. Or, or if you like uh, cast two people in different roles and he's like, well, I actually like this person better, you know, as Ajax instead of Swan. And he's like, like, oh, that guy would actually make a better Ajax. I'm going to switch Ajax and Swan to the casting that I like. Right. Um, and so, like, he does have his uh, moments and ability within there as well. Yeah, well, because Mark Wahlberg is a Swan. That's because there's been talk. I'm, that's a weird that's one. A weird, that's a weird one, but it kind of works. And then there's also been talks that they were going to remake the Warriors, like, and and set it in L.A. Yeah, which setting yeah. it in L.A. Um, doesn't it's with the whole, they have to find a better way of doing it with like the subway theme if they're, unless they're just going to take that part all the way out and then L.A. is right. spaced out and stuff. It's like I don't see how that'll correlate. <laughs> It'd be so weird. Yeah, it's like, oh, we gotta get, right. we gotta get from uh, Pacoima all the way down to Long Beach. I'm like, well, I'll see y'all. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll see you in two days on, if you're walking yeah, there the whole way. Foot? Really? Like, uh, no, I don't, right. I don't want to be a gangbanger no more if that's the case. Like, it's like not worth it. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm out. I'm cool. I'm going And then home. what year do you set it in? You can't set it too modern because it's like, okay, cool. Let me just pull my phone out and just get us an Uber Max and get us home, you know? Totally. <laughs> yeah. And that's something that, that like, that is fun to think of too when you're recasting stuff of like, okay, well, if we do it in a modern day setting, like um, one of them was Friday the 13th. Right. Um, and they put it in, I don't remember, two thousand. Uh, hold on, I got, the, I got the whole list. 2005. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, yeah, so they did Friday the 13th in 2005, and that was, you know, one of the things that um, they wanted to discuss was like, you know, how does that change the film? Yeah. Like, because, you know, like, um, cell phones are a thing, and like, you're going to have to ho wholly write that out mm -hmm. at some way, or you know what I mean? And so that's also fun conversation that we like to have at the beginning of the episode right. is like, like um, 90, talk about the movie yeah like what's changing movies, you like, gotta like somehow have a scene where somebody runs over a cell phone tower or something and like every <laughs> <laughs> right 
but yeah some like yeah totally Um, but yeah so it's a fun like fun little reality that we get to live in for like a couple of hours and And then you guys got the breakfast club in 1998 which that's i i now i graduated in eighth grade in 98 and had no idea that Mm -hmm. like my my school didn't really have detention like that they they just didn't have like the facility or whatever so like when i watched when i when i got a chance to watch the breakfast club i was like oh they they, they had the choice to go to school on a Saturday to just sit there, like, <laughs> right? Oh, go! Like, yeah, did you do like the in in school stuff? Yeah, yeah, just, like, yeah. We had like in where if you got in trouble, you were just like, right? Or yeah, if, ISS. Yeah, or you got in real trouble at school, they would just suspend you for like a week or so. Which again, how much punishment totally. is that? Like, you know. You you basically send in a kid. Oh, kids would love it. Yeah, yeah. You basically send in a kid who doesn't want to be <laughs> somewhere else. Their parents, for the most part, are working, so it's like, oh, okay, I got a free week of vacation and stuff, and maybe some homework to do while I'm gone. But other than that, you know, it's easy street. Watching the Price of the Night totally. every day, you know. So, <laughs> like, right, right. But yeah, so quantum recast. So this, 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 that. I mean, that that's an excellent idea for a podcast and stuff. And and I'm glad. And I'm glad it exists. Thank you. I'm gonna end up listening to every episode like in a day or so because I got some time off coming up. Now another interesting thing, like, and and you and you mm-hmm. you sent me this, so I, I feel like I can bring this up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You, so now you converted your Sprinter van into a living space. Right now, yeah, my, my wife spends a lot of time on Pinterest, so she'll she'll send me like little ideas. <laughs> like, so this isn't foreign to me yeah. at all. It sounds extremely cool. Tell yeah. me how you converted a van into a living space. Now, I know it can be done because I've seen people living out in vans and stuff like that. But yeah, you converted it to a living space. Tell me about that, and why haven't you sent me pictures? <laughs> uh so it's funny because like it's it's so interesting to me because i i was so big you know um before i bought the van like into the van life and like loved looking at these you know like tiny homes and mm-hmm. like alternate homes that are you know like the cargo shipping containers and everything um and i eventually at one point just like everything got to a point where it's like oh i'm moving out of my apartment i'm not doing that anymore like i hate paying rent to like throw you know burn it in a trash can essentially right and so i bought a 2006 sprinter van and lived in it for up until basically up until uh covid19 quarantine um and then from there like me and my girlfriend um you know moved in together for quarantine and like have been doing great Um, moved in together and like loving that but so building the van was very interesting because even before I had the van I slept in a hammock for like two years I didn't have a bed I just put like uh bolted a hammock against the wall and did that so it was really easy for me to take this you know big empty cargo van um and sleep in it in a hammock Right. Okay. Um, so for for like six months or something, I didn't do anything to the van. 
it was an empty cargo van that had like you know bare walls like no insulation um and i just slept in there and that was like super fun for me and i loved that (laughs) and then one christmas my dad is a mechanic and a carpenter uh in oklahoma and so i just drove it back to oklahoma and spent you know a christmas break over there um and we put you know snapwood flooring in we put insulation siding like you know walled it up put um cabinetry in there i always loved the like i i didn't build it out to like the modifications that you see on like instagram that are like you know these fifty thousand dollar vans with like five you know a thousand watt solar and like a shower inside of it and all of that I liked the like uh, the low tech aspect where it was like, I'm just camping in this van, yeah. right? Um, and so essentially I just had, well, the essentials, which was insulation, right. walling, and then like uh, a camping stove that I would cook on and like a seven gallon water tank that I would, um, you know, use for cleaning and then go to the gym for showers okay. and like all of that. And so that was my living in like living in the van and like um, converting it into that. Ultimately, the conversion was pretty simple, just like insulation, uh, siding and then flooring was basically um, what we did with it. Nice. That's that's pretty dope because like it's a lot of and for people who don't know who 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 don't live in Los Angeles and stuff it can get pretty pricey out mm. here and stuff so you got to find like ways to like yeah. save money or you know uh totally just, it's basically to survive you know especially like during the times of quarantine where right. like a lot of us um like lucky enough to still you know be able to like make sure that we're doing good and having all the essentials and stuff um, right. It, which, again, it's extremely hard right now. But you know, we you make it, you make it work. Yeah. You know, so that's 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 awesome. Totally. So like, you've been about that van life and stuff, and that hey, yeah. much respect to that. Like, and, and <laughs> like, straight you. up, it was yeah, it's great, and like I love it, and like anyone who you know in that aspect you can do it like you know weekend warrior style or like full time like i did for a while but like it was one of the most freeing like things that i did like i guess i i'll say in a in a way like spiritually because like i especially like working in the industry right like you're on set 16 Mm -hmm. hours a day sometimes you know like you can easily be there normally 12 16 to 18 hours if you're not lucky it's a lot of but (laughs) right and then like then you're paying a thousand dollars to like just go home and go to sleep you know what i mean and so like you're paying a thousand dollars a month for a box that has a pillow and like a tv that hopefully on weekends you'll watch you know what i mean um and so yeah, it was like to that point where I was like, well, I can sleep in a, I sleep in a box now. It's just like a concrete walled box. Okay. I can sleep in a smaller box. Like, um, and so that was a very freeing experience for me. That was like, oh yeah, like I can still manage this. Like this was something that like really 
made me happy in that way of like, I'm not dependent on this um, housing structure that Los Angeles has built up. You know what I mean? To like yeah. that extent. Um, and I, yeah, go ahead. Cause it's, it's, the housing structure out here is rough. I just wanted to say that. Like I'll yeah, say it, I'll, I'll say totally. it as many times as I can, but like it's rough. <laughs> yeah. It's insane for sure. Um, and I think that anyone who, for whatever reason, like if it's uh, necessity or um, just wanting that experience or like feeling that they're, that that's something that like they're stuck in, um, it was incredible like for me to like have that experience. And I think if like people are stuck on it and like, oh, I really want to do that. Definitely. Like that's something that I would. I will shout from the rooftops. Like if that's yeah. something that people want to look into and do, absolutely. Awesome. Um, cause now they even have like with the explosion of the movement, they have like vans that you can rent out for like weeks at a time. Oh, yeah. To, like, I've seen a couple. Just experience it to see if like Airbnb. you want to do it. Like I've seen, I've literally seen a couple vans. Like oh yeah, totally. I'm like, oh, this is, this is really a thing. So. Oh yeah. It is in the last couple of years, like massively exploded mm -hmm. and it's so interesting to watch like you know this generation essentially doing what you know the hippies in the 70s yeah. did right Six, like 60s and 70s of like instead of uh vanigans right. we're just doing it in like sprinters um and it's very interesting to like see this generation go against the structure right that, the set um, our the, society the is. set standard yeah. and stuff that's like kind of impossible to live up to now and stuff because like at one point in time yeah. you could support a family of five with a high school diploma and yeah right? <laughs> and now people are like well why aren't you guys doing what i did well everything's different like literally the cost right. of everything is different but the price that people are paying people to work hasn't changed in decades so right it's like yeah because now the like college education Yo. is <laughs> the equivalent of the high school education back then if not if like not yeah the you know yeah if not that's what people that's the baseline now right. and then master's degree is like becoming the new baseline right. you know what i mean like it just keeps expanding and there's no way to keep up with it. And, and no one's really like listening to anybody else complain because, you know, we we're a society that we put people who are like one foot in the grave in office and stuff. So, you know, that's yeah. my one political yeah, yeah. Per, per, per podcast right there. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. But yeah. This is, this has been an awesome conversation, man. I, I really enjoyed having you on. Um, yeah, man. Can, before we uh, land this plane, can you tell everyone where to find you? Not physically, but like online. Yeah. <laughs> My address I know, is... Right? Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, personally, you can find me... Um, really, I'm only on Instagram if I'm ever on there. Um, you can find me on Instagram at the Tanner Reisner, but you can check out uh, Quantum Recast on all social media at quantum recast um we are on instagram and twitter uh and i believe we just got a website up that's awesome. quantumrecast.com cool. all right well that's gonna wrap it up with this episode of template geek want to thank everybody who tuned in today and especially our guest tanner reisner 
uh, for being here with us today. If you got any questions, comments, feel free to hit us up on Facebook or Twitter using the handle Temple of Geek. If you want to check out any of our other episodes or shows, head on over to templeofgeek.com where you'll find all sorts of content that pertains to the world of geek. Please follow us on Twitter at Temple of Geek. Follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash templeofgeek. And remember to visit templeofgeek.com. Your one stop for all things geek. Goodbye. This will conclude our transmission.